If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Welcome to another edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar. A little bit later on in the podcast, we'll talk with an emergency room nurse manager who will provide us with the basics on the newly discovered MISC, multi-system inflammatory syndrome, a rare syndrome found in kids that's associated with COVID-19. We'll also talk with a practice manager whose entire team rallied to make changes to confront the pandemic. But first, meet pediatrician Dr. Chad McRae. Unlike many doctors we've spoken to on the podcast, the realization that he wanted to go into medicine didn't come at a particularly young age. His earliest passion, in fact, was tennis. I always was comfortable working with kids. I grew up playing tennis and teaching tennis professionally and playing in college. And I always taught younger age groups of children and worked with them uh, from early on, from the time I was probably a freshman in high school. And so I'd always been very comfortable working with children and being around kids. And yeah, so those are two of the top, like, you know, first things that come to mind. Did you always want to be a doctor? Ah, good question. Uh, No. So Initially, you know, my father, who was in accounting, I thought that was the way I was going to go. And, you know, that's what your old man did. So that's what you were going to do kind of a thing. But man, that first college accounting class I took as a freshman in high school, forget that business, man. That's for the birds. I could not do that. And I knew I liked math, but not like that. You know, fortunately, my father was always the one to sort of, you know, say that you can do whatever you want and don't, you know, underestimate yourself. He had thought of being a lawyer. It never happened. And he kind of regretted that. And so didn't want that for his kids. And so that's when, you know, after a little soul searching and I kind of said, you know, I I think medicine is the way I want to go and, and never look back. Children, he says, have a certain bounce back factor when it comes to their health, something he admires. The resiliency of children is amazing. While the majority of kids that we see are very healthy kids, not unusual every now and then you may run into someone who has, you know, uh, illness or disease that is hard to take as a family. It's not a, uh, you know, whether it be cancer or uh, a traumatic injury and, you know, being there with those patients and those families during those times is very important, I think, as a pediatrician. And, you know, to see kids overcome different illnesses or horrible things like cancer or horrible, you know, automobile accidents and to uh, hopefully recover fully, you know, is just amazing to see. And to be there with those families during not only the bad times, of being diagnosed or having some accidents, for just for example, and then getting through that time. And, um, you know, I tell a lot of my families when I'm 
fortunate enough to see them with a newborn baby that I really see myself as, you know, hopefully an extended family member for them. And that I look forward to being there, not only through the bad times, but the good times as well, because we all know there's going to be ups and downs, you know, throughout life. That's one of the aspects that I really love of general pediatrics, being able to establish those relationships with those families and uh, being there over the years through the ups and the downs with those families. Of course, the other side of that is I get more grays and I've accumulated more gray hair and, you know, and it makes me feel older when I say, oh, my God, you're 21 now or whatever, you know, but uh, I remember when you were a newborn. But it's it's awesome, and it's uh, a great aspect of the practice of general pediatrics that that I am fortunate enough to do. What drew you to pediatrics, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, well, that continuity of care is is certainly one aspect right there. Uh, just being able to to have those long term relationships and and develop those relationships with families. Plus, I love you know obviously working with kids. I mean, it sounds I don't want to sound cliche because you're a pediatrician, of course you love kids, but what was that show? You know, kids say the darndest things. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to come out of the mouth of a child. And and I crack up every day with my patients, man. I love interacting with children and, and being with them through the long haul of childhood and adolescence. How have things changed since the pandemic took place? Uh, one word easy to describe is dramatically. So we have all definitely had to adapt. I really tip my hat to my coworkers here because it was really viewed as a necessary adaptation that we had to undergo as an office, even though we knew it wasn't going to be the easiest. It was going to mean changing the way that we normally think about the normal workflow of the day. But everyone here really saw it as a necessary change that we needed to make as an office. And, you know, I think when everyone understood that the underlying premise was just to maintain safety for everyone as we continue to, you know, try to provide patient care, then it's easier to sort of accept when you realize that a lot of the changes that we're doing, it's all to try to keep everyone safe and and not be potentially exposed to viruses like COVID. Chad McRae is a pediatrician with the Nemours Children's Primary Care. He practices in Windermere, Florida. Nancy Zaliga is a senior practice manager with the Nemours Children's Primary Care Network. She takes care of the business side of the work done at four different sites in Greater Orlando, including Dr. McRae's Windermere office. She's a native New Englander and spent most of her 30-year career managing medical practices in the Northeast. Yet ask what brought her to Florida, and she will be honest. I have to be honest with you. I work in central Florida. I worked for uh, the CHOP, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, before, and I was looking to get into a warmer climate. Being a practice manager is not a solitary nine-to-five job. It involves hard work and regular communication with parents, kids, doctors, nurses, vendors, and other Nemours associates. In other words, it serves you well to be a practice manager if you are outgoing, like Nancy. I'm a people person, so I have direct patient contact all the time. I go out into our waiting rooms. I welcome our families. You know, I love to talk to the kids. I mean, New Wars is about children, and it doesn't take much to brighten a family's day just by saying hello, asking if I can get them a bottle of water, helping ease any fears they might have about coming in, especially now during COVID. 
They see all the measures that we've put in place to protect them. And it's not unusual for them to be thanking us for that. I'm free to give out my cell phone number to families, you know, if for some reason we might not have met met an expectation initially. You know, I I do a service recovery and, and I give them my number for any future use. And I think people really appreciate that. You mentioned COVID. How have things changed or (laughs) is it such a tsunami of change that it's hard to put uh, uh, words around it? How have things changed since March? I I think um, COVID has really impacted um, the way we operate our offices. Obviously, we have to have social distancing. For my large practice, we see both sick and well children. So there are barriers in place. We see the sick on one side and the well on the other. I think the main impact I see is we can no longer have walk-in clinics because we don't know what's walking in. So we have to do pre-screening of our patients and our families, and we wouldn't be able to do that if they were not scheduled. Do you see a lot of a lot more use of telemedicine? We see a lot of telemedicine now, which is wonderful for our families. And it's for all different types of visits. So ADHD, medication refills, even maybe a rash. So we can see a rash, speak to the family, and possibly also incorporate the telehealth with our um, minor mores patient portal so that they can upload a picture and it has better resolution. So we, we see a lot of telemedicine now. It's great. How did your staff... Uh, react to all of the changes when things were starting to really get rolling and you realized this is the real one. This is one we're going to really have to change our workflows. How did your fellow associates, direct reports, non-direct reports uh, react? I I think um, the staff has reacted very well to the measures we put in place for COVID. I think it's been challenging. I mean, things change every single day and it's hard to keep track of it. So we huddle daily And we also have, so I huddle daily with my teams, but we also have a um, mid-tier huddle for the entire organization. So that really helps to remind people what we need to do to keep everyone safe. But they've done really well. I'm actually really proud of my staff. There has been umpteen changes and they have rallied. Is there any one team in particular or any one person? I know it's hard to choose one, especially in situations like this when so much work has been done by so many people, but is there any one who has really gone over and above? I I would say the person that's gone over and above, uh, you know, and and I know that I work a lot of hours, but boy, she outdoes me, I'm sure, is um, our, our administrator, Kelly Mahan. She's so organized. She's incredibly bright. She's a people person. She's very approachable to all levels. The staff have no problem calling her. They're not afraid to ask her questions. She's held town halls where she opens herself up to questions. And that's a hard thing to do. So I think she should be commended for the work that she does. I just think there's so many, uh, so many people out there to recognize. Our physicians are awesome. So they have added hours during COVID. So they've abbreviated their lunches. They add hours at the end of the day. Some of them are even coming in on their days off. So I I feel very comfortable asking a physician if they can fit a child in, and I've never been turned away. You know, one of my physicians, Stephanie Patron, who's in my Oviedo office, anytime I need something, she raises her hand. And it's incredible. So even last year for the flu clinics, when I said, you know, we need to see more, you know, to administer more flu vaccines, is there anything that anyone can do? And she said, oh, Nancy, put me on, 
you know, every day till six o'clock. And as long as I have staff, I'm happy to, to stay at the office so we could administer more flu. She was the first one to raise her hand to say, without me even asking, to say, Nancy, let's cut my lunch short. You know, let's start seeing patients at one instead of one thirty, Or I can stay late these particular nights. Even without being asked, she raised her hand. And I mean, that says a lot about her and her work ethic. Nancy herself has a strong work ethic. We spoke on a Saturday morning while she was at the office, but she wouldn't have it any other way. I personally love to work hard. I love to see process improvements. I love to make change. I consider myself uh, a change manager, which means I love to come into an organization and do as many changes, positive changes, to to improve, whether it be the workflow, whether it be policy change, procedure changes. I love seeing improvements. Nancy Zaliga is a senior practice manager with the Nemours Children's Primary Care Network. She manages four offices in Greater Orlando. Finally, today, let's meet James Thomas. He is the nurse manager of the emergency department at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. James began his career eight years ago as a bedside nurse at a level one adult trauma center. It was at this post that he gained experience treating all sorts of illnesses and injuries and where he became enamored with the hustle and bustle of emergency medicine. He arrived at Nemours three years ago, and now James has had firsthand experience he never expected would come his way. Running an emergency department that sees 60,000 patients each year during a worldwide pandemic and acknowledging and acting to prevent a new syndrome in children related to said pandemic. We were very fortunate to not be significantly impacted in the state of Delaware for pediatric patients. We did a lot of ramping up training um, and preparedness, and we still have had significant changes to our operations. We've kind of split our emergency department into potentially infectious and non-infectious. We screen all of our patients. We've implemented big changes around our PPE, et cetera. Now we're in the phase that things are starting to open up. We're starting to see stores. We're starting to see more people out. And with that, we're starting to see an increase in our patient volumes. Uh, Prior to this, I think we were a little cautious of what to expect. And we were somewhat surprised to see we actually had a significant drop in our patient volume. So it was a great thing. People were actually listening to the guidance from our state and federal leaders to quarantine, to stay inside. And one of the side effects was that kids were really just staying in. We're not getting exposed to one another. Uh, Now we're starting to see as the weather gets nicer, uh, restrictions are starting to ease up a bit, that we're starting to see an increase in patients returning. The whirlwind of change since March affected everyone. And James is proud to point out that the many associates on the Delaware ED team were ready willing and able to offer their help and assistance with any and all new workflows and protocols, anything really that needed to be done. Our team was just fantastic. We had members who were coming to us asking what could they do to help adjust workflows? What could they do to help educate? We had people putting their hands up of how can I go around and talk to the team about our N95 usage or, or how can I help assist our educator or our CNS with projects that we're rolling out. It was just really great to see. I mean, in the emergency department, we are a unit that really relies on teamwork. There's no possible way for someone to be an ED nurse or tech or provider 
and work in isolation. We really work as one big team and we know that, that we all impact one another. So to see that this pandemic during those times when there was change and fast paced change to see how quickly the team came together to be this one solidified group was just, it was fantastic. I think that um, unfortunately for emergency departments, I think when we really hit our stride is during times of chaos and times of high patient volume. So in this case, we did not have high patient volume, but we had fairly significant changes to our operations and the team met those challenges and just rose to the occasion. Can you talk about the way COVID has impacted children generally? Is it a bit different than the adult population? It is. So we've seen a much lower patient percentage presenting with COVID-19. We've tried to do universal screening for all patients who arrive. So this is set criteria that then helps destine the patients within the emergency department. So if a patient screens positive, they then go to an infectious or presumed infectious side of the emergency department. And when they're there, the teams then will utilize the appropriate PPE to keep them safe as well as to keep the patient safe. We've been fortunate that our incidence rate has been low and that although our patients are coming in ill, we have not seen the the volume that adult hospitals have seen of patients requiring intubation and ICU level care. But it does, I mean, this is a ever-changing pandemic where we're having still to this day, things are changing quite rapidly. The newest uh, pediatric-focused COVID problem is our MISC, which is the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And that affects children specifically and not adults. And that is something that we're, we've developed pathways around identifying these patients early, getting them the correct testing and getting them hopefully admitted to the uh, appropriate units. We have had MISC patients in our health system I think that was one of the big determinants of how we helped develop our pathway that helped guide the care of those patients. So that what we've did was that we wanted to make sure that we are identifying these patients as early on in their emergency department visit as possible so that we could get as ahead of any disease process as possible and get them to the right destination so that they could receive the best care possible. Currently right now, this pandemic has really pushed the entire uh, field of emergency medicine to change and to pivot and to be extremely nimble. No longer are we utilizing mixed models where there may be someone with a fracture and the next room is someone with a fever. We've been proactive to try to separate patients uh, based on symptoms. And that's been a big change from what we've done historically. Uh, with that said, I think as a whole, emergency medicine is also going to need to be able to realize that where we were, we probably won't be able to go back to that. I know that it's the cliche that's been used time and time again, that this is our new normal. And as much as cliches can be cliches, I believe it is the truth that this is our new normal. We are probably going to be living in this for quite some time where we'll have to be screening patients to try to keep everyone healthy and safe. The difference between this and uh, like our typical yearly flu is that this is coming and that it's something, it's a new disease that people do not have antibodies or immunity to. So we want to make sure that the last thing we want is someone to come to our emergency department for uh, an injury, say a laceration or a fracture, and then contract COVID-19 due to one of our gaps in uh, isolation, PP, et cetera. So I think that a lot of these changes will be 
things that are going to be in place for quite some time. It's also frankly changed the way that we problem solve. I think one of the greatest learnings that we have had as a department is we stood up an internal emergency department incident command that had physician and nursing leadership where we met on a weekly basis prior to the pandemic starting. And then once the pandemic was really ramping up, we were meeting on a daily basis so that the leaders of the department could talk through all changes that were occurring, get status updates on where we were with staffing, PPE, equipment, et cetera, and then be able to get that information out to our teams on a daily basis. That type of communication is one that we've not really utilized before, even in our highest volumes of flu season. Um, we would have times where we would meet and to talk about our staffing, but it was not to this degree where we had such great incident command meeting and multidisciplinary work together. Uh, I think it's just something that showed how well it worked. And I think that it'll be something that will probably continue uh, in upcoming higher volume months, um, hopefully not upcoming pandemics. James Thomas is the nurse manager of the emergency department at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington, Delaware. Thanks to James and Chad for jumping onto Squadcast for our interviews today. Nancy, thanks for joining me via Zoom. Squadcast is a Zoom-like program we use for recording remote audio interviews. Both platforms are available, so you and I may talk about your Nemours experience remotely and get it on the next podcast. Email us at podcast at Nemours.org so we can get you on the schedule from the convenience of your home or office. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Thanks once again to Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, and Jackie Williams for your assistance with production. You may subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, find it on the Nemours intranet, or listen by asking your smart speaker to play the Champions for Children podcast. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts, and our words of wisdom today come from Dr. Chad McRae, who invites you to be part of the Nemours Kudos platform, if you aren't already. You never know some, how something's going to be till you try it. So, you know, if you haven't jumped on board and tried it, Give it a give it a fair shake. Try it. I think that you'll find that it's very easy and rewarding to use the kudos uh, system that we have here at Nemours. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. As always, stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do.